these feelings that I'm having before I have a chance to process the actual feeling, my head hijacks it and turns it into something like anxiety. Sure. Where my head just can't stop going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And, oh, my, can I make some really bad decisions for myself in that state of mind? I was just about to say, what has your experience been when you're flooded with emotion in your decision-making? What is financial sobriety? Well, first, I'm Jim Gebhardt. Oh, I'm Matthew Grishman. That's good. We should introduce ourselves. And this podcast is all going to be about three relationships that really, when you stop and you think about them, you don't think they go together. But it's your relationship you have with money. It's a relationship you have with people who mean the most to you. And ultimately, the relationship you have with yourself. So I might imagine that those three relationships are somewhat wrapped together. That when one gets a little out of whack, perhaps it has an effect on the others. Stick around and you'll find out. I heard a really good quote this morning. I love quotes. This was a good one. I I just, I've always been going back as far as I can remember. I just, I love quotes. I don't always remember. I would like to have the memory muscle to be able to just recite 50 different quotes. Well, you don't have any elephant in you and they've got the memory, you know. True. Right? Right. You ready? Yeah. We're normally caught up in the current of our thinking feeling, and emotions. With awareness, we can observe it all without being swept away. And that was a quote by a gentleman named Tenzin Palmo. I heard it this morning on my favorite little meditation app, The Daily Calm. It struck me. It really gave me some pause because it's really relevant to what's going on in the world today. We're normally caught up in the current of our thinking. I like the the pl- not the play on words, but the double meaning of current. Yeah. Current events, current news. Yeah. Of our thinking, feeling, and emotions. Yes. With awareness, we can observe it all without being swept away. Yes. The mindless lemmings off the cliff. Yes. There's so much happening in the world. So much there that's is? been happening. Yeah. Oh. I mean, how are you feeling today? Oh, I feel great. That was <laughs> that was fun watching watching you walk into the studio today because I I saw I saw the a, hot mess a very different version of you. Yeah, I, I saw a version of you that was willing to be vulnerable with Ace and me today because the last couple of years of life experience has taken its toll. You were feeling it today when you walked in that door. Yeah, but there's something beautiful about the sanctity of this recording studio. Oh, amen to that. And the padded walls that it represents. <laughs> yes, which I was surprised you weren't smashing your face against. As a Reformed Catholic, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been a long time since my last confession. There's something about the padded nature of this recording studio that is almost confessional. So as your Jewish partner, am I allowed to say... Uh, Baruch and I? I was going to say five Hail Marys and, and three three Our Fathers, and, and you're forgiven, my son. Thank you. You're welcome. Can I go to Chick-fil-A now? Absolutely. The responsibility of, let's just lump it and call it life, sometimes reaches a point where the current of our thinking, feeling, and emotions, you get swept away. Yeah. You were swept away when you walked in today. I was absolutely swept away. Yeah. And... Tell me about your morning. No. <laughs> you're, not, you're not giving me any of these once upon a time crap. I exactly. Want, I want to hear what really happened Exactly. Today. 
No, it's just there's a lot. There's in our in our work world, there's a lot going on. The markets are crazy. There's a conflict in that I think we can call it a war yeah. with Russia and Ukraine. There's all of my family responsibilities. There are dear, dear friends of mine that have two of which, three of which have some really serious health challenges and processing that, yeah. right? Holding space for them and then feeling the emotion flood after of just trying to hold space for them. You know, watching our kids navigate their way in, dare I say, you know, it's not a post-COVID world. It's far from a post-COVID world. But, but the consequences... They're struggling. They're struggling of two years of isolation. And my, frankly, my own recognition of the impact that that has had over holding space for so many. Mm. And the emotions were very high. And the, the recognition that it's okay to have those emotions and it's, it's important to let them out. And obviously the sanctity of what you and Ace provide in here is is very meaningful and I hope people are able to let their emotions out somewhere and and not necessarily take it out on others and I know that's part of what we were going to talk about today. Yep. Yep. But I'm not Superman. You're not. Oh, Batman's in the movie theater. Oh, so that white shirt I see under your button that's not a cape? It could probably could be. Oh, I always thought it was your cape and you just had it on backwards. Exactly. We all I think can push it down and bury it, and I've spent the last 10, 15 years of my life trying not to do that anymore. Not a boy. Because there are things that I know we're going to talk about today that you can harm yourself if you continue to do that. Here's the good news, brother. I don't think you're alone in feeling a little overwhelmed about the load you're carrying right now. Yeah, I got 8 billion friends. Yeah, you do. And... Okay, let's full disclosure. Last night, you and I were on a text chain back and forth, feeling completely unprepared about walking into studio today. Oh yeah, and and having which a is, conversation, a meaningful conversation. Which, as you and Ace the, know, part of the spilkus. Yeah, which you and Ace know is absolute kryptonite for me. Right, this lack of preparedness. I don't know where that comes from, but it must have been either Miss Mrs. Peter Friend or Miss Clancy or Miss Ms. Randall. Mrs. Gallagher or Miss Emerson. That's impressive. Did you just go through your entire Tecumseh Elementary School staff? That was Tecumseh Elementary School staff from 1970-whatever to 1980-whatever. Yeah. Wow. And somewhere in there, I must have been admonished to the point of obsession on thou shalt be prepared. Right. Right. So, yeah. Per usual, Houdini on the other side of the mic here, you pulled a rabbit out of the hat with content that I think is incredibly both important and timely. Well, uh, thank you for that. I mean, there you you and I have been carrying a lot together. I mean, just one piece of everything you just shared is, you know, our work world, our family world. I mean, there there's a lot. The market has been crazy. We've got this issue in Ukraine causing all sorts of disruption in global stock markets. We've got, you know, gas breaking 6 bucks a gallon here in California and the whole supply chain that's seven completely... in LA. Oy vey. I mean, and then just look at the U.S. political climate, right? I mean, granted, what's happening in Ukraine has caused at least a little bit more unity, but there is still this divisiveness between the right side of the aisle and the left side of the aisle that's 
at a standstill. Borderline and, hatred. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I forgot something on this list. Yeah, I know, which I found very entertaining, is as you created this lovely outline for our conversation today, COVID <laughs> didn't make the grade. <laughs> and what's so beautiful about that is that that tells you the speed at which life is happening today. It tells you the pace and the freneticness, if that's a word, sorry, Kevin, that life is is coming at us because that didn't make the top five. No, no. And I'm not picking on you, but I think a lot of people, it would have dropped off their top five. Yeah. Just in the context of, well, there's so much other bleep going on. That was a good sound effect. Thank you. Yeah. That it didn't make the cut. It's almost like COVID has just become part of the background noise of what the normal. normal is, right? And now we've got all these massive headlines, but we can't forget the impact that that COVID experience has had and why I believe that experience actually amplifies the amount of emotion that is surrounding some of these more relevant topics happening in the world today. I, I just, I mean, we've been through war. We've been through stock market gyrations. We've been through inflation. We've been through times of division in this country, but for some reason, this one feels harder. It feels more stressful. I'm seeing it in my family. I'm seeing it in your family. I'm seeing what it did as far as the health toll it took on ACE, which we're going we're gonna to talk about. It seems like this whole COVID experience has just amplified all of this, the new normal that we live in. It seems like there is so much emotion out there. I want to use the word anxiety. Ah, because, sure, there's lots of emotions, but what I'm noticing, not just with myself, but with a lot of people I talk with, is a level of anxiousness that is off the hook. People that have generally not been very anxious. Like you. Like me. Are now more anxious in, in certain ways. And I, I don't want to ever discount the devastation that has come as a result of COVID. The, the millions that died, the millions that sacrificed themselves trying to help people, and everyone else that has lived in a COVID world that didn't have COVID, because I have friends that are, are suffering with long haulers symptoms and there's no sure. answers and it's just, it's, it's devastating. There is a, and I don't know how to say it other than it's a, it's a COVID hangover. Oh, that's a bullseye. Because we now live in a way, in a new normal, against a backdrop of potential World War III. That can produce some anxiety. If, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you are not feeling anxious, I... I want to inject what you've got. Yeah, I either I either need <laughs> I either need what you have in terms of your your daily habits and chemi you know body chemistry. Yeah. Well, I will t I will tell you I'm not feeling anxious today. Well, that's good. In this moment, is it the pink drink or what? What was the? I think it was the vanilla cream floater on top of the pink drink that nice. has kind of settled me a little bit. They charge extra for that, don't they? I don't know. I really didn't look. It okay. was just one of those impulse purchases this morning. Mm. Yeah. It, normally, I wouldn't put a little vanilla floater on top of my pink drink, but this woman in front of me in line did that, and it just looks so good. 
But you see what I you forgot. You didn't mobile order like all the people at my Starbucks this morning who were all cantankerous over the fact that they had to wait for their mobile order. No, I kind of prefer the whole face-to-face interaction of speaking with a human being and saying things like, may I please have a pink drink with a vanilla floater on top? And Come on. Can little... you catch up with the rest of us and be Sorry. in a hurry and be entitled? Sorry. <laughs> well, I kind of lived my way, my life like that for a really, really long time where I was always in a hurry because I'm a big deal, don't you know? Sure. And you have the, the sign on your desk to prove it. I absolutely do. And it's an intentional reminder. This was one of the things that I put on my say no more list either a year ago or two years ago. I kind of lost cream floaters or well, that went on my no list when I got back my Everly Well test that said I had a little sensitivity to vanilla. So I did put vanilla on my on my no list. And today I unintentionally allowed it back in. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of hours. But one of the things I did put on my no list was this idea of living in a hurry, always being in a hurry. I'm no more in a hurry. What's that like? Oh, (laughs) it feels spacious. Are you one of those people that drives the speed limit? In my town of Rockland, I do. In fact, one of my favorite funny ha-has with our friend Marshall was uh, talking a little bit about driving the speed limit in Rockland. I just, I don't feel like I ever want to be in a rush going through my community where I could potentially put other people in my community at risk because I'm so consumed in my own thought process and how important I am and the fact that I've got to be there at a certain time. Well, I don't think that your children or my friend Marshall's children or anybody else's children in our community, their lives are worth me being on time to something, whatever that something is. On time is when I get there. We live behind an elementary school. Yeah. So the ball fields of the elementary school, our house is behind that. Yeah. And we live in a cul-de-sac, and that cul-de-sac has turned into, over the years, a drop-off point for the kiddos in sure. the morning. And they walk across a little bridge to get to the school, and it's— it's. it's I got to do that once. Mayberry RFD. It's I got lovely. to walk Jack and Grant to school once down there. I love it. Then down the main drag of the neighborhood, you might as well call it the, the Indianapolis 500 Speedway. Ah, in the morning, you know, to school and from school. So there's been a community effort to put up signs, you know, little lawn signs, somewhere in the order of magnitude of about 50 to 75 of them, I believe, along the street that leads to the school coming and going, and also about 10 or 12 in my neighborhood that say, slow down. Mm -hmm. So I have those signs all over my life. I have which them, is be- which is beautiful. I have them not just plastered around the community, but literally on my computer monitor, on my iPhone. I have reminders that will say to me, "Slow down." Yeah, and since I have kids that have gone to that elementary school, I I use the mindset that you do of I I'm going slow through my neighborhood, mindfully. Yes. Intentionally. Yes. And I'm to the point now, where, I love those little signs. Because for me, they're not about slowing down the speed of my car. What's it about? They're about the speed of my thinking. Ah, there you go. Your quote is just beautiful because we can easily get swept up in the current events of the world, whatever they are today. Sure, sure. But let, let, let me be impossible to misunderstand. I'm not suggesting by slowing everything down and, and some of the things we are going to talk about today— are in any way saying that we should not be attached to or participatory in what's going on in the world today. 
if there's a passion, yeah, that it's not you, an absenteeism, right? It, it, if you and I have a passion for trying to make a difference in what's happening in the Ukraine or U.S. politics or the stock market, it's not about not participating in that. It's about slowing everything down and being able to participate in a way where our emotions aren't present, where we can be present, where we can be having the most effective affect in what our passions and purpose are all about. Because one of the reasons why I added no more hurry to my say no more list is because for me, if I'm feeling something really strong that is anxiety-based, and, and usually that comes from more of a primal feeling of maybe a combination of sadness, fear, anger, worry, all of those, you put them in a blender, and my head can completely hijack those feelings in my body from those core feelings, and in my head it becomes anxiety, and everything speeds up. My thinking does a beautiful job of hijacking the feelings that I'm feeling in my body. And when that happens for me— Can you say that again, please? My thinking yeah. can hijack the feelings that my body is feeling. Okay. And what happens is those feelings of sadness, fear, worry, anger, when my head decides to narrate these feelings that I'm having before I have a chance to process the actual feeling— my head hijacks it and turns it into something like anxiety. Sure. Where my head just can't stop going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And, oh, my, can I make some really bad decisions for myself in that state of mind? I was just about to say, what has your experience been when you're flooded with emotion Oof. in your decision-making? Well, from an emotional standpoint, I've made some impulsive emotional decisions based on the racing mind— that is trying to interpret these feelings in my body to where literally I'm going to eat that entire pint of Pen and Jerry's right now so that I feel better. Or where it really got bad was I'm going to drink that entire fifth of whatever that brown liquor is so that I don't have to think these thoughts and feel these feelings anymore. And the, these are really dangerous behaviors for me. Yeah. They almost killed me. Yeah. On the financial side, I mean, hello, I wrote a book about this and, you know, I—, I I think that's why we're sitting here. Yeah. I mean, the impulsive financial decisions that I've made in my life or that I could make. I mean, think think in, in current times. I mean, I've bought cars. I've bought houses. I've taken vacations. Watches. I've bought Rolex watches, all based on these impulsive moments where that will make me feel better. Come on. I got to add in the shoes, baby. Oh, well. The shoes. I love my shoes. Uh-huh. But at least now I don't make those choices impulsively. Right. I do have some places where I believe it's worth spending some money to buy the right stuff. Right. Shoes, no, I'm just uh, I'm having fun with it. Yeah, you. shoes, underwear, bedding. Those are all places you got to spend money. You don't have right? bedding? Well, expensive bedding. Very, oh, expensive bedding. Yeah, you, you can't chintz out on shoes, underwear, bedding. Got it. Those are three that's things. The, you that's gotta, the trifecta. You got to go S-class Mercedes on on those three things, as far as I'm concerned. We're we're having a little fun with this. Obviously, we have to. This is hard, this is heavy. This stuff, is heavy stuff, right? And, and that but it's in, relevant. We got to talk about this today. And as you were telling some of that story, I mean, going all the way back to my days as a economics major and a psychology major at the University of Rochester, I remember this professor talking about the fact that. Rational thinking 
cannot exist in an emotional brain. Amen. And in my experience through life, you know, I've I've recognized how generally speaking when you're very high emotionally and you've got a lot of emotion in your in your system, yeah, that it is fraught with bad decision making. Sure, you can layer some physics on top of that, right? Two objects can't occupy the same space. So it makes sense that rational thinking can't occupy the same space as emotional thinking. It's one or the other. And whatever the vice is, right, whether it's Ben and Jerry's, whether it's alcohol, whether it's gambling, whether it's sexing, whether it's spending, spending whether it's... Come on, I'm going to buy a new 65-inch TV so I can keep tabs on what's going on in the Ukraine. Why not? I got even a better idea. I mean, since gas is now six bucks a gallon here in California, I got to sell the car that's completely paid for and go lease a brand new Tesla for 800 a month so I don't have to pay for gas anymore. That sounds like a good idea. Do you know what energy prices are in terms of electricity in California? Uh, uh, I'm not even thinking about right. that yet. I just see the gas prices in front of me because PG&E em- hasn't put a billboard next to the gas station. And emotionally, it <sighs> triggers you to go, I want a new Tesla. Drop it. Well, you you deserve a new electric vehicle. Of course. You know, the French, our good friends, the French, they have a word that I discovered this morning. Pate. They do have that word. Which Grant discovered recently. Yeah, that's his which, new. That's one of his new faves. Which, which that's a story for a different day. <laughs> for a thirteen-year-old to love goose liver is just fabulous. Yeah, they have a different word, and the word is sane. I thought it was going to be fromage. Uh, close. That's another good French word, but in this case, it's sane, not S A N E, not the river, not S E I N, but S A I N, sane. And in French, that means healthy or wholesome. So when I was listening to my Daily Calm this morning, Tamara Levitt was talking about a meditation teacher named Michael Stone, who actually created an acronym out of this French word, which means healthy or wholesome. S-A-I-N. Stop. Allow. Investigate. Non-identification. Stop. Allow. Allow. Investigate. investigate and non-identification. Yeah. And what he means by each of these is stop. When, when we're in a heightened state of emotion, where emotion has been hijacked by this thinker, and we're going fast and we're getting caught up in this whole anxiety thing that we've been talking about, how can we get some sanity back? I mean, I love the play on the word, right? The word is the S-A-I-N. sanity back, but, as in... But let's get sane, sane again. Right. Let's get sane again. Right. How, how do we just stop, right? What we refer to as the pause button. The pause button. This is something we've talked about on the show a bunch. I love hearing it in a, in a little bit of a different packaging. In a French accent. I wish Tamara would have tried, but she's got that Canadian accent going, which is just as lovely to listen to. Stop. Acknowledge your feeling. Stop. Pause. Hit the pause button. Stop. I am feeling some fear, some anger, some sadness, some worry, some overwhelm. I'm feeling that. Right? Remember when we talked about probably— I think we have an acronym for this. Yeah, probably a year and a half ago, we did an episode on this concept of inevitable conflict. And we were talking about it, how it shows up in families and marriages. But one of the tools that's very helpful when a heightened state of emotion— comes about is this halt this this great acronym h a l t which means if i'm hungry 
angry, lonely, or tired, I need to halt, zip it. Halt. Underlying underlying feelings that trigger emotions that can lead to bad bad results. Yeah, I mean, we, bad all, we all know what happens when we behave with these emotions going on, and we're going to get into that a little bit more. But that stop and just recognize that this feeling is here before our head gets a chance to hijack it, A, allow. We allow ourselves to create some space for that feeling to just be. You take the stop and the allow, and that's another another version of our 10-10-10 principle. Oh, yeah, the pause button and the, and the slow it down. Right. And allow that emotion, which is what, I mean, as I came in a hot mess this morning, it took us a little longer than 10 minutes for me to let that emotion <laughs> settle. Yeah. But, and sometimes it, takes sometimes it will take longer. Yes. What I have found in 10 minutes, and just for any newcomers joining the conversation, 10-10-10 is an alarm that goes off in my head when I'm about to make an impulse purchase, which as a recovering spendaholic who's very intentional with his money now, my life is about progress, not perfection. I relapse all the time. But I catch myself in the midst of the relapse because of this 10-10-10 muscle I've developed. Walking through my tennis shop on a way to a match when I'm feeling anxious about this match I've got, ooh, there's a cool new racket. Ooh, there's a cool new pair of shorts. Ooh, there's a cool new tennis bag. So substitute... 10, 10, 10. Yeah. Substitute in impulsive spending. Right. For your vice of choice. Exactly. Right? Whatever, whatever is your weakness. Whatever is your kryptonite. Drinking, gambling, eating. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It's this idea of pause. For me, with finances, it's 10, 10, 10. And that's just the 10 minutes of space that I need to walk away from whatever that is. In this case, walk through the tennis shop. Yes. Like, get to the other side of the tennis shop now. And give myself the 10 minutes for that emotional bubble that is boiling up from inside of me and about to go into my head and just let it soften a little bit. When you walked in the door this morning, the first 10 minutes was the height of your emotion. And I was watching after about 10, 12 minutes, you were still feeling emotion. I saw it in you, but it softened a little bit. The air came out of the balloon a little bit. Well, our good friend Joan Rosenberg always talks about, who's a clinical psychologist, she always talks about this concept of emotions coming up. Yes. Well, I love that. I love that because now we know where they're going. They're going up. They're going up. They're going straight to your head. Yep. And if we let if it. If there was something above your head, it would go there. Well, eventually it does. It comes out of your head. It comes through you. It goes up and it goes away. Feelings are not facts. Feelings, emotions, are temporary. Every single one of us in this conversation today has had an experience with an emotion that has come up and gone away. I loved how Tamara talked about feeling it in the body, where and how. And, and in my own journey, in terms of learning how, how I feel emotions in my body, Yes, that's that's and what, the third and, and what investigate investigate right, right. right. when when you when, I know I, I I like to read the last no page that's of the okay book. that's way to go Billy Crystal when you stop when you allow this emotion to be present then you get to investigate investigate what does the sensation of fear feel like in your body that is one of my favorite questions to ask somebody when I see them in an emotional state one of the ways that 
I find helpful to others is asking them, how does it feel to be angry? I don't mean with words, but in your body, what does anger actually feel like as a sensation in your physical being? Is it a tightness in your chest? It, it's a flush feeling. Oh, you get like a warm... I get a warm feeling that kind of it bubbles up, and it tends to sit mostly in my throat and my face. Like, I feel like I'm pulsing with anger. Mm. And the other one that I've gotten very aware of is if I'm extraordinarily nervous. I haven't felt this in a while, but if I'm extraordinarily nervous, but there's some anger and rage involved, like I'm holding back, is my, my hands get really cold. Oh, yeah. My hands are, and I'm a warm-blooded, you know, I, I can I can perspire tire in my shoes, let's, let's face it. I was going to say, you're, own, you're your own self-sufficient heating oh, system. Yeah. I'm you give such the, a furnace, it's you, unreal. Yeah, you give the sun a race for its money. So, I mean, my hands get ice cold. Wow. Those are two I'm completely aware of. So if, if again, you're joining the conversation and you're you're relatively new to the family here... And you just got off of Amazon buying a couple <laughs> of things you didn't need impulsively? Exactly. Think about the next time a feeling of fear, anger, worry, sadness, nervousness... Joy, exubilation. What are those... Fe- yeah, these could be good feelings too, right? Yeah, I've, I've made plenty of bad decisions. I've made lots of bad decisions when I feel good. really, really good. You deserve it. There we go. Right? I would venture to say that 117% of my bad food choices in my life have come from the I deserve. When we get to this place where we can identify these feelings physically in our body, that gives us the ability for that end, that non-identification. That creates the space. Yeah, that one's a little heady for me. It, like it's I'm, hard. I'm, I'm chewing on this one a little bit. So is this more fatty, chewy, or like there's sand no, it's in gri- it? No, it's grizzle. It's grizzle. It's just... All right, so let's play with it for a minute, because I, I might be able to help with this. The idea of non-identification is the idea that we remove you from becoming the emotion and allow you to be an observer of the emotion. Huh? It's almost like a dream. Do you dream in the first person or the third person? In your dreams... Do you experience your dreams? I'm in the first person. So you do experience them through your own eyes? Yes. Okay. I started dreaming a few years ago. Um, Again, I've lost track of time, but it's it's been a while now where my dreams are third-person dreams, where I'm actually observing myself, almost like I'm floating above myself and seeing myself. Watching the movie of you? Yes. It Dreams feel as real as they did in the first person, but for some reason I'm starting to see them more in the third person. And I wonder if that might be an indicator one day of being able to embrace what this non-identification is. It's the idea of just not allowing yourself to become the emotion. This is hard to do. So this is where we start with- This is an advanced class? This is a very advanced class. This is, you know the journey I've been on and the years that I've been on this journey. And it's been beautiful to watch, by the way. Thank you. It's been beautiful to be together on this journey. This is not something that the minute somebody said non-identification, like the first time I heard it, I was able to put it in place. This when I is... first hear those words, I'm I'm standing in line at an airport and I'm I'm waiting to go through security and I don't have my identification. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's just honestly what I'm thinking of is the is that slight panic every time you're waiting in a in a security line. Do I have my license? Do I have my license? Right. 
Well, where else would my license be? Well, you could have pulled it out to show TSA and you forgot to put it in and now you've lost it. So I get that. I've had that anxiety. Oh, but I get sweaty every uh-huh. time in the line. Uh-huh. So when I see non-identification, that's what I'm thinking of. Well, let's that's probably Miss Clancy's fault. That is a perfect example to practice this on. In the heat of the biggest battles of our lives, to have an expectation that I'm going to be able to disconnect from my emotions and not live my emotions is a big ask. Right? That takes years and years of practice. All I'm trying to do today is plant seeds and give people the hope that it's possible. Because if I can do it, if this train wreck of a human being with money and people and the way I used to live my life, if, if I can over time change course— Right the ship? Yeah, then anybody can do this. If one human being has accomplished something— any other human being is capable of that accomplishment if you're willing to put in the work. And I have worked my ass off. Yes, you have. To get to you a place. You don't have much of an ass left. I don't. And Amy reminds me of that all the time. You have nothing to grab back there because I've been doing the work. You got to start small. Here's where you start. You ever get caught in traffic and you get really irritated and frustrated? Mm-hmm. You ever catch every red light on the way to the office in the morning and get really irritated and really frustrated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did that happen today? No, it was kind of the <laughs> it was kind of the opposite today. Oh, it you was, got green was, lights today? No, it was it was backing out of a of a parking space. Yeah, and a suburban swoops in behind me, so yeah. my car is beeping and buzzing at me. Yeah, felt an adrenaline rush. I don't feel many adrenaline rushes because that was a close call. Mm. Now I'm buried behind the Suburban as like a shield, and I'm starting, you know, I recovered, and I took a moment and breathed and start to pull out, and now another car is leaving the parking lot at a high rate of speed, and my car goes into full brake mode because I almost got sideswiped on that one. Yeah. And I'm like, what is, just slow down. That was my training, was to slow it all down. Sure. I didn't rage at them. Good on you. I didn't. Good on you. But anyway, that's... Well, that, that's a great example. Of course, we've all had these experiences, these little irritations, getting cut off by somebody in traffic. Maybe, just maybe, that person who's weaving through traffic, cutting everybody off, isn't a jackass. Maybe... That's a mother who just got a phone call about her kid in the emergency room. Right. We don't know what's going on. We're comparing what we see on the outside to how we feel on the inside. Yeah. Another incredible add to the say no more list is no more comparison, especially with what I see with my eyeballs and comparing that to how I feel. So we take one of these smaller irritants in life. Do it today. Sure. Because it'll happen. You're listening to this podcast, and within the next couple of hours, something small is going to piss you off. Stop. Become aware of it. Allow. Right. Allow. Allow it to be. Come Allow on. yourself to Come be on. pissed spell off. Sane. Spell sane with me. Sane. S-A-I-N. Got it. Thank right. you. Not S-A-N-E. There you go. But you get a little S-A-N-E from a little S-A-I-N. Allow it to be there. Investigate what it feels like. What does it actually feel like in your body? And then just step back from it. Tell yourself, I don't have to be this. How did I learn to I have— I can choose— You can choose. —a different reaction. Yes. 
be intentional with it. Start small. Love it. See if that helps. Yeah, love it. I got an idea. Ace, we got to bring you in on this. I know you've been sitting back there working your dials and your buzzers and your screens and everything, but we need full room participation here. You guys willing to be a guinea pig on something? Absolutely. Yes? Ace, you here? Awesome. Welcome to the show. That way. Thank you. I want to take everybody through just a little meditation. It's quick. It's painless. And it's really easy. This is a tool. Are most meditations painful? Uh, they were for me when I started. <laughs> I don't know about you, but meditation was one of the hardest things in the world for me to learn how to do. Interesting. And do it on a regular basis. I still will often forget that I got to pause and breathe for a few minutes, which, come on, meditation, that's really what it is. It's a moment of pause and just putting our focus on our breathing and getting really, really present in the moment. So those are like two, three-hour kind of things? Sure. When I hear about people who can meditate for a day, that blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Meditation for me is 30 seconds to maybe 10 minutes of just checking in with myself, slowing everything down, and putting all my focus on my breathing because my head is just a mess. And it was hard for me to do that, to focus on that. So I had to attach something visual to it. I call this riding the waves of the sea. Okay. And it's something I can do in the middle of the fire if I'm dealing with a client, one of my children, my wife, my mom, my dad, you, and I'm feeling emotions bubble up based on what you're doing, I got to slow it all down. And I can do this with my eyes open, looking right at you. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Are my eyes supposed to be open? Yep. Okay. You got to be looking at me. Put your focus on your breathing. Don't change your breathing. Just let it happen naturally. And just take all of your attention to the breath that's coming in and the breath that's going out. Try to relax, especially your belly. Let the air come in through your chest and completely expand your belly. Now, imagine with me for a minute. With your eyes open, you're floating in the gentle rolling waves of the sea. Up the wave down the wave, up the wave, down the wave. With every breath that comes in, we're going up the wave. With every breath that goes out, we're going down the wave. And just feel that for a few minutes. Breath comes in, breath comes out, just like the waves. The wave comes in, the wave comes out, just like our emotions. They come in, they come out. If you can do this for three minutes, where you focus on your breathing, you visualize the waves of the sea, you can soften any strong emotion you're feeling right now. Thoughts are going to happen, you're going to hear sounds. You're going to smell things. You're going to see things. You're going to think things. That's okay. Come back to your breath. Get back on the wave. Try it. How's that feel? You guys sleeping now? It's very relaxing. And you can do it while you're processing I do it in here when he goes on his rants on the microphone. 
I'll just stop and ride the waves up and down. Sorry that I've been holding this one back on you guys. I was going to say, 77,000 episodes later, you're finally dropping this one on everybody? Well. We talked a little earlier in the show on how I feel anger. Yeah. Right? And that flushness in my neck and my face. There's a relaxation when I take deep breaths like that that is a, a sense of relaxation that, that comes comes over me that's it's a joyful feeling it's a oh i remember i remember that friend yep that friend joy (laughs) yeah it's not necessarily happiness no it's not it's just more like a peace and serenity kind of thing serenity i'm okay milk and cookies i'm okay i would say meatloaf i'm at nana's house now it's all good right (laughs) yeah that relaxation that in the moment of high emotion is very diffusing. Yes. Yes. And have you ever been to the ocean or to the beach, and have you ever seen the waves stop? The beauty behind this is this is a forever thing. Emotions are temporary, but the rolling waves of the ocean have been going for billions of years. And if you can connect your breath to going up the wave and down the wave, you have an unlimited resource to come back to when you're at your highest emotional state and you need to pause and come down. It works beautifully. Now, where's the gift in all this? Why are we talking about all this? What does this actually do for us as individuals? What does this do for our relationship with self? What does all of this that we're talking about do for our relationship with others? And what does it do for our relationship with money? You're going to need to come back because we got a lot more talking to do on this very topic. And with that, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.